What is up, guys? Welcome back to Come At Me Bro. This is episode 23, and we are finally back. It's been a bit of a hiatus here, a lot of travel, especially for Drew. Tyler and I have had other things going on as well. Tyler with the baby, me with a bunch of events going on, but we are back. I am here, joined by Drew. Yo, what's up? And Tyler. I told you Texas Tech would go to the Final Four, except one of my brackets did terrible. And I'm buying a house, potentially. <laughs> And I have to talk really quietly. And the best news of all, okay, without a doubt, the Buffalo Bills are playing on Turkey Day this year. Who's excited to eat wow. that? Who's e- Dude, I am all over I it. I am super yeah. excited. <laughs> you and I are going to be messaging so much during that game. I will. Wait, is it Buffalo and it Dallas? Is. It is. Oh, nice. It's going to be awesome. I am super stoked. Like, I wish I could yell louder, but my son is sleeping next door, and so right now I'm on location, and I have to be very, very quiet. Believe it or not, I'm recording in my sister's room, and when she hears this, she's going to be like, what? (laughs) That's part of the fun. Oh, yeah, I'm sure she's an avid listener of the podcast. She is. She talks to me all the time how I can do better, how I'm the worst one. She's one of the the tens of people that listen to us. Thousands. Oh, yeah, the tens, exactly. (laughs) Tens of thousands. That's right. Okay, sweet. So March Madness, we haven't really been around since March Madness happened. Yeah, Tyler, you did call Texas Tech in the Final Four. Did you have them in your finals? I did. Sweet. Game changer. So who was your finals again? Recap. Uh, so in, my, in one of my brackets, I had in the elite in the Final Four, I had Duke, uh, Texas Tech, Virginia, and Kentucky, and two of them got eliminated in, in Elite Eight, of course. Um, being Kentucky and Duke, but I was on the verge of having the Final Four potentially um, because I had all those teams in one of my brackets uh, and ended up being Texas Tech for one of my brackets, but then I had Duke winning the other, yeah, pretty much Duke and UVA pretty much um, for the other two. So I was pretty happy. I won 90 bucks, so I can't complain. Hey, not too shabby. I lost my bracket for the first time in three years. Between my wife and I, we'd won three years in a row, and we lost our pool. So no bonus this year for us. I got wrecked. I don't think I had a single Final Four team in any bracket. Yeah, I don't think I Play did the in music. any single bum, one. Bum, 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 bum. Uh, I might have had Auburn, actually, in one of my brackets, but that would have been the only one. I, uh, No, I had Auburn and UVA, I think, in one bracket. Out of 25. But I definitely did not have Michigan State. Definitely not a chance over there. No, I think I only made five brackets this year. <laughs> um, and I definitely did not have Texas Tech. I had Michigan in every bracket, I think. I had all of them in one each in different brackets. None of them where they oh, overlapped, wow. and none of them where Texas Tech or Virginia made it to the championship. So Now, how many brackets did you make, though? Like 12. <laughs> okay, so that's not bad. Tyler, how many did Three. you make? For real? Okay, so yeah, you definitely get the best good. out of all of us. Yeah, you killed it this year. Like the guy that set the record this year for most correct picks to start. Yeah, you demoed, sir. Well Thank played, you, sir. He made it. I mean, like no one believes me when I talk about this podcast, but you know, it's all hogwash. Hmm. All right, so next year Tyler is going to be our official picker. And I'll place all my bets based on him. I'm not picking anyone's nose. Yeah, well, we <laughs> we did some bet picking, and Tyler and I did not fare that well this year. Yeah. No, that was a bad day for all of us. Uh, that was rough. Moving Ooh. on. 
Uh, so one other thing I do want to touch on, I do find it slightly ironic that UVA lost to the 16 seed last year as the only number one to lose to a 16 ever. Then they go on next year and win the whole thing. Is that not crazy to anyone else? That's pretty cool. Worst at first. Um, yeah, if it, it's, it had to have been on a lot of their minds. They said as much. Just I mean, insane. no one is writing that story, and it's crazy to me. I think that's phenomenal in a sense. Like, they're not the number one overall this year, but they're still a number one seed. They came out just like this last year, even looking a little stronger last year, and now they get demoed here as far as... Or they demolished the competition more or less than they got demoed last year in the first round. So I just I think that's such a cool story, just the turnaround on that, and just the fortitude of the mindsets as well. Well, and then just the difference in the hype. You know, last year everyone was talking about how they were the clear number one seed, and it was just a foregone conclusion. And then this year, they weren't even the favorite pick out of their conference. Like, people had Duke right. and UNC ahead of them. Now, granted, I don't think they demolished anybody. I think every game was close, and they, they were... They they played. Yeah, demo is definitely not the right word on my part. They, they definitely <laughs> played um, to the level of the team and a little bit above that in order to win. Um, right. I mean, the closest game being the Purdue game. That that was an exciting. I almost woke up Leo by cheering so loud when they made that shot uh, to go to overtime. So um, it's pretty incredible. And just the fact that there were so many good outside teams shooting the three ball. Purdue being one of them. UVA. Um, Texas Tech. I mean, Purdue and Texas Tech were one of the most exciting teams to watch who I had going to either the final the final four or the Elite Eight. Um, and they, plan, they they played perfectly to get to those areas of shooting the three. Um, so I know more teams are going to be looking to do that as years go on. And we've seen that change over time, too. Yeah, I mean, I honestly think Purdue is one of the stories of the tournament. They're a team that's always rated in like that three to six range, and they usually bow out by the second round. This round, they took down a hot Old Dominion team. Then they took down Villanova, who was, what, the defending champions from this past year, if I remember correctly? Mm -hmm. And then they go on to take down Tennessee, another really hot team that a lot of people had a dark horse as this past year, and then a number two seed this year, obviously. So I think Purdue had one hell of a tournament. Yeah, they have nothing to be ashamed of. Um, you know who is ashamed is the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. Man, do they suck. Yeah, they <laughs> so do you guys think they should fire the head coach? Yes or no? No. I would say no. You absolutely fire the head coach. You get rid it of them. been like firing Virginia's head coach last year. No, no. You fire. No, no. See, this is professional sports. We're not talking about college. <laughs> we're talking about professional sports. You look at what he did, which was absolutely nothing in the regular season. They coasted in the regular season thinking they were playing weak teams. He didn't make any changes. And so he pulls that stunt where he makes no changes and Columbus gave him everything that they could think of and didn't make any corrections, you fire that coach. And an example I'm thinking of is the Toronto Raptors. The same exact thing. Went really well in the regular season, got swept. Who's the coach of the year? Oh, the one that got fired. But yeah, I don't know, dude. I mean, they got 15 more wins than everyone else in the regular season. So you're looking at a completely dominant team for the President's Cup here. Now they come into playoffs, obviously a terrible display, and a lot of people expected more of them. But I don't know if you can fire a coach off four games compared to 62 wins. Well, with the Raptors, that was three years in a row of losing in the first round of the playoffs. That wasn't a, oh, we did so good in the regular season. Oh, and we lost in the first round. Let's fire him. That was, this is the third time you have failed to meet expectations like three years in a row that we don't even get to go to the next round of the playoffs. Like if, if that it's a, it's a different scenario. I feel like now, if this happens again next year, maybe you start looking at it. 
they, they do the same regular right. season next year and they and they lose out again, then you fire them. That's too late. You have that kind of talent, you get a new head coach. It's it's a no brainer. And the fact of the matter is that the they gave him an extension at the end of the season before the playoffs is hilarious. And now they should fire his ass. That's a bad decision. <laughs> yeah, that I will well, give to that's, you. That's the other reason they won't fire him is because yeah, of that extension. Why on earth you'd ever do that before postseason, I do not understand. Maybe to make the guy more comfortable, but he obviously got too comfortable. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I just I don't think you can limit a coach. like After a four-game series like that, yes, his playoff. Yes, there's tons of expectations. But again, comparing it to 62 wins in the regular season, that to me is just too much in credit for him on his resume to get rid of him after one bad playoffs. So for me, if they fire him, I'm the first team to pick him up. Yeah, like the Sabres. Buffalo Sabres are going to pick him up. That's you actually think he's going to no, get fired? I, I mean, I would, I would. in my opinion, I'm the general manager. He gets fired. He's canned. He's gone. I find someone else who actually has the right sense to change things up when I see something going wrong. You go 2-0 in the series, you got to change something. It's a no-brainer. You don't keep doing the same old thing that you think has been working the regular season when you've been plowing everyone in the regular season. Right. You fire. Now, we have seen other teams come out, not in particular this particular matchup, but like in general in sports and even in esports, you'll see people come out and make adjustments when they shouldn't. They're a team that'll come out and just continuously win with a certain formation, and they try to take someone off guard by switching things up. And I think that might be what the coach was thinking here. Like, why switch something that we know we've won at so, so many times? Again, going down 0-2, going down 0-3, you got to start thinking about it. But at the same point, I feel like that had to be in his mindset. If your backs are against the wall, you're not doing the same thing. And if you do the same thing... No, definitely when you're down 0-3, you got to change something. You're done. Yeah, game three, there should have been something different. Game two should have been something different. If you see something in game one where Columbus is throwing everything at you to to mess with you and to say, hey, you know, you're not going to see... You're never, you've never seen this before with us because in the regular season, it's a totally different game. And it just goes to show you how different the regular season is from the playoffs. Everyone starts the same. I mean, unless you're in the NBA, which an eight seed has never beaten a one seed. Other than that, everything is mano y mano. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. And so it, everyone starts... Everyone starts back at zero. Doesn't matter how many games you've won. Um, another reason why I like sports. And the playoffs. But again, like go back to the NBA example. You know, we had several teams um, like lose in game one of the playoffs and then come back and just win by thirty in game two, and they didn't change anything. They just didn't play good. And I think that was that was my thought process of saying game three, you know. Game one could have been a fluke. You guys just weren't ready. You were lackadaisical. You didn't play good. But you know your game plan works. So you do your game plan in game two, and you actually try, and it works. Oh, it still didn't work? Oh, crap. Okay, we do need to change something. Well, and the other thing that goes into a lot of coaches' mindsets in a lot of different sports is now you're traveling to a different home ice as well in this sense. So you're going from your home ice to the opposing ice in game three. So they might have think or might have thought just changing up the rink, changing up the atmosphere might have been enough. Obviously, it definitely wasn't in this case, and the changes were not enough. But at the same point, I think that's something that plays through mindsets too. I don't know. I love oh. it though. I actually think it's pretty awesome. That All it right. Happened. Oh, it's crazy. Boys, I have to go get Leo, so you can keep going, and I'll come back eventually. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll be here, or not. Sounds good. So, yeah, I mean, other than that, Drew, what are your thoughts so far on the NHL playoffs? Uh, so far, they've been pretty entertaining. Uh, I was happy to see the Penguins get uh, swept 
that was beautiful. Uh, they're su- they're supposed to lose their series, you know, they're the lower seed, but happy to see them go. And then all the others have been pretty competitive. Um, it's, it's actually really good so far. It's it's nice to see some different teams in that are uh, at least making it interesting. You know, the Flames are making it interesting. Uh, the Avalanche are making it interesting. The Hurricanes are making it interesting. Had a great fight with the Hurricanes and the Caps. Did you see that? Yeah, that was crazy. Ovechkin knocked that guy practically out. That's only his fifth fight in his entire career. Can you believe that? <laughs> and his first one in nine years. That's because he gets Wilson to do all the work for that's, him. That's true. <laughs> uh, I'd, lo- I'd love to know what, like, triggered that. Um, supposedly... If you ask the Capitals, uh, the kids started it, but according to Dallas, uh, Ovi's definitely the one who threw his gloves off first, so... <laughs> uh, crazy. Ovi's definitely the one that ended it first. That's oh, he sure. definitely ended it. <laughs> so, looking at it overall, I don't want to say I'm completely confident in this, but we projected a possible Washington-Vegas Golden Knights rematch again this year. I don't feel too bad about that projection at the moment. No, it's definitely looking very possible. You know, the Knights are taking care of business. They had one little slip up against the Sharks, but have recovered nicely. Oh. And the Sharks are a good team. The Sharks are definitely one not to sleep on. They were projected by a lot of people to make it all the way this year. Uh, At the same point, I'm not going to say the Islanders are easier because I think they are a very difficult team, but it is nice as a Caps fan to know the Penguins are already out as well. It's Yeah, it's just something about them. You know, it's uh, it's it's a mental thing. Even if they're significantly better than the Penguins, it, it's just a block. You see that all the time in sports, especially it's it's more so with like bad teams. But uh, you you just have a team that you can't beat. You know, in football, when the Browns were so bad, the Steelers still managed to find a way to lose to them at least once every year. Right. I mean, even the Patriots—they always find a way to lose to the Dolphins or the Bills. Yeah. It feels like as well. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, with that, Drew, let's head on over to Tiger Woods because he has his first championship in what has it been? Fourteen years? Uh, Eleven years since his last major. Major. Fifteen right? since his last Masters, or fourteen since Ooh. his last Masters. Yeah. So yeah, back then, fourteen years ago, we're all talking about how Tiger Woods could be the one to surpass Nicholas to come back and end up taking that title run, really. And now Tiger Woods finally, more than a decade later, finally coming back, winning the Masters here with a 13-under scoreline. I mean, honestly, I never saw this one coming. I was making bets on the golf game. I actually put Tiger Woods in one of my lineups thinking he'd do pretty well, but I had no idea he'd walk away with a green jacket. I knew it was possible. You know, I I was never going to completely count him out. I wasn't ever going to be confident enough to put money on him. But I I don't know I just so you counted him out it, you counted him out if you weren't gonna put money on no, him you counted him out I didn't <laughs> I didn't put money on Tennessee to win the national championship but I still picked them you can if you don't put money on it if you don't have the confidence to put money on you're counting him out this is a miraculous story there is no one who can come back from a four back fusion surgeries four okay at four different ones. And let's get this straight. Golf is an intensive back swing sport. It's intensive, like, use of your back. Rotation. Rotation. Yeah. And for him to, in its studies show, it is a zero, like, zero percent chance. Like, there's a zero percent chance Buffalo's ever going to get the Super Bowl again, but a zero percent chance (laughs) that he was going to not only come back and be good, but win something. And so there, 
I mean, you can play you can play basketball, you can play baseball, you can play football, all with fusion surgery, enough time to heal. But with golf, I mean, there was never there was never a case in where a guy could come back and do well. He'd be he'd be good the first two rounds, but the third round and fourth round he'd be way too sore um, and way too uh, uh, pain. It'd be too painful for him. Um, studies just showed that, and so it it made sense that um, you know, and it doesn't it doesn't make sense in my mind. Sorry, it does not make sense in my mind that he he was able to get a, a green jacket. I'm very happy he did. I mean, it makes golf. It makes golf back on the pedestal as it was before back in two thousand to two thousand eight, um, but it to me it's miraculous. Well, and not only that, but just the height of a major being the play here because Tiger has won tournaments before. He's won a few recently. I've won a few bets on him recently. Um, but overall, coming into the Masters, this is arguably the biggest pro tour event as far as PGA Tour goes. It really doesn't get much bigger than the Masters tournament down at Augusta. Tiger coming in and winning this one in particular makes it even more miraculous to me. The fact that not only did he get through those surgeries, but now he is back up against golfers playing at their top level in the top tournament, arguably, for the tour, and here he comes out on top. That's just so crazy to me. And his shots down the stretch were amazing. Like, we're talking perfect center of the fairway, perfect-looking putts. Like, ah, it was beautiful. I was ready for that Nike logo just to come up right as it fell into the cup again. (laughs) Mm-hmm. In the zone, and it, he, he was far from perfect. You know, he had some some putts that he missed, and he had some chances that he he whiffed on. But he right, he was resilient. It's it's very impressive, and still don't like him as a person. But he is good for the game of golf, and it is an absolutely incredible story. You're never gonna forgive him. Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure that I ever. I don't know. It'll probably be more like I am with Ben Roethlisberger, where it'll always be in the back of my mind, but. I don't actively care. <laughs> I guess, He's good for golf, so I don't mind. I guess what I'm most disappointed is the steroids use. That's what I'm most disappointed about. Everything else, yeah, it's sad. People make mistakes. But the steroid use, I mean, you go that length to to be good and to do well. It just, to me, it rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. In the relative grand scheme of things, yeah, he was kind of a a bad person but he's not he's not the worst person in the world like it's he's not uh you know he's not julian assange he's not hiding in an embassy somewhere to avoid international you know criminal charges he just was kind of a kind of a crappy person and at some point i gotta let that go edelman's worse well i mean he was he was on a huge downward spiral too i mean you had the whole cheating incident and then from there obviously you turn to stuff like steroids especially when you're like coming back from all these surgeries you're looking for a way to quickly recover to try to find really to recover your name in a sense because he lost so much over that he lost pretty much his whole reputation as far as socially um and he had, he went to turn to something. He obviously turned to drugs and substances in this particular situation. Uh, it didn't quite work out for him, but now he's back. As far as I know, he's clean, and he's doing pretty well on the course. And and as I've seen it said so many places, it doesn't matter what you think about him, like him or dislike him, nobody electrifies a sport, uh, a, a group of people, the world like that. You know, all eyes were on him on Sunday. Players from every sport... We're chiming in golf legends, football legends, baseball legends, like politicians. Everyone was was honed in on this, and I I can't think of a story in sports 
that has had that effect. Oh, I was so upset that they discontinued, that they didn't um, continue playing it because where I was, there was a thunderstorm and like tornado watch. So they actually stopped yeah. recording it. I was very upset. Um, but this leads to my next, but my next question is, is he going to get Jack Nicholas's record? Give me the numbers. I don't remember where he's, he's at. at four, I think he's 14. Four off, yeah, he's right? 14. Jack Nicholas is 18. Uh, my dad, my dad alarm's going off. Who knows when I'll be back? <laughs> he's anxiously awaiting your answer uh i don't know if he can do it to be honest and i don't want to say this is a shot in the dark because i think he can win more majors but still coming back from four back surgeries aging as well you're more, i think he's the oldest or one of the oldest players to win at the masters as well he he's is, up there yeah. in the top three um it's just it's going to get harder and harder as he goes and yes he's defied the odds here coming back 10 to 14 years later and winning again but at the same point asking for this four more times I just I don't know if I see him beating the record. I don't even know if I see him tying the record at the moment. Yeah, if I'm b- putting money on it, I'm betting no. Uh, Tyler would hear he'd say it and then he'd <laughs> up on him. But uh, but I don't. I, but it's more. It's not about his inability, like you said. I I won't be shocked if he wins several more, and probably won't be shocked if he ends up breaking the record. But the age he's at, the way he plays now, there's a crowded field of people who are at the same level. You know, golf is one of those things that sometimes it just isn't falling. It's kind of like baseball. Um, you know, you can be a really great hitter, but you just hit a slump. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't mean that you're still not a great hitter. It doesn't mean you're not capable of, of getting hits, but it just doesn't happen. And that's kind of what I'm expecting to happen with him now. He's going to stay competitive, and he'll probably he'll he'll make some noise, and people will watch him, but. There's enough other people who can play at the level he's at now, which is definitely lower than where he was still. Um, and, and to be honest, it's going to be hard statistically for him to win four more. Right. And I think also the aging is going to also be a factor. Like he's not aging at a crazy rate and he's not aging in any way ridiculous. But when you look at the power behind his swing in particular, like I think his putting will probably get better as he moves toward the senior tour. But as we look at his driving, it's just it's not going to be at the length and the distance he had originally. Just because he's getting older, he's starting to lose power, whether it be one way or another. Unless you're pumping yourself with steroids, it's just naturally going to happen. And again, I think he still has time. He's still got a few years in here where he could make it happen. But it's like Tyler said, it's going to be almost miraculous if he pulls it off at this point, just because he is moving toward that senior tour. And the time is really clicking here, and he's going to have to win a few of these pretty quickly in these next couple of years. This is definitely doable. I mean, that's the only reason why I watch golf. If it wasn't for Tiger Woods, I wouldn't be watching golf. I would care less. I mean, I, I do like Phil Mickelson. That's my other one, but, too. <laughs> but, I mean, without Tiger Woods, golf is is baloney and cheese for me. Unless people start making more mm-hmm. hole-in-ones. But it's it's a bunch of baloney. It's a bunch of people who have a lot of money and who think I can play, too. So, who don't have any money. So... Now, wait a minute. I have to ask, what do you have against bologna and cheese? Um, have you ever had it? <laughs> it's wonderful. Not in a long time. Uh, bologna is bologna, man. <laughs> I love bologna. Wow, that was beautiful. Thank you, Tyler, for that. Uh, so, Drew is against it. He doesn't think Tiger's going to pull it off. I'm pretty doubtful as well. Are you thinking he's going to pull oh, it off? Oh, he's going to do it. He's not going to do How many years do you think he'll do it in? Five. Okay. Five years to pull off. What, four wins to tie, five to one? Uh, he has more of a chance in this show lasting five years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, put your bets down, ladies and gentlemen. 
because we can drag this out as long as we and want. I, I don't mean by the show. I mean this this podcast. Uh, well, that that is the show, my friend. And he means this particular. Oh, recording. you mean this episode? No, 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 no. I mean like I mean like the 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 pot like the. You mean this show in general, like this this uh, podcast, podcast? Yeah. Right. Right. right what do right. we call this? Yeah, because yeah, this show is not lasting more than another ten minutes. I was hoping five, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just giving us a little buffer, you know, just in okay. case. Um, one of the other things that, well, we have a couple other things to touch on. MLB crazy stats. So I don't have it in front of me, Drew, but I know you have some statistics so far for the MLB season. This is a new segment. <laughs> uh, just, uh, this is uh, something John Byram and I talked about who uh, has made it very clear to me that he wants to come on and talk baseball. Uh, uh, just okay, so you all right, know. all right. Well, listen, listen, listen. <laughs> if he wants to talk baseball, then I need to be on his podcast of sports. Yeah, esports. So I like this. Idea. We will we will um, gladly change change podcasts. We'll gladly invite guests, which we've had guests in the show. I think we need to do a joint podcast as well. Yeah, like a crossover type of thing. Uh, um, but, oh gosh. But so we were talking about who is uh the worst player um around the Potomac because you had a, a great competition going between Trevor Rosenthal, who started the year with an infinity ERA. That's really how it was classified through the first uh <laughs> through uh through the tenth was an infinity ERA because he gave up runs but didn't retire any batters, didn't record a single out. Uh and then you had Chris Davis who went on a O four fifty four hitting streak, um, dating back to last season. So both of those streaks have since been snapped. Oh good. Uh Trevor Rosenthal has recorded a few outs. His ERA after that first out dropped to seventy two. Proud of you. Which is hilarious. Um, he's now got his ERA down to a 40.5. Let me guess. He's got um, an extension, right? They just signed him. Of course him. they did. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he missed all of last season with injury, so he is still coming back from Tommy John surgery. So it's, Sounds it like is an like recovery. I mean, but, Tommy John's definitely plays a factor for pitchers, though. But they shouldn't have had him already going is what it comes down to. Idiots. But, um so he broke his streak before Chris Davis broke his. So Chris Davis won the award for best, most futile person in the D.C., Virginia, Maryland area. Um, but he's also turned things around now after that streak. Uh, he's got his batting average all the way up to a whopping .089. <laughs> wait, wait, point <laughs> what? 0.089. Oh, my gosh. Well, it was zero through the 12th. Um he did actually have an uh, on-base percentage alarm. up above two. <laughs> um, he was getting walks, and he had several fielders' choices and like RBI, so he's hitting people in and and getting on base from walks. But yeah, he he now has a batting average that's not zero. Um, he's had four hits on the year, <laughs> <laughs> including a home run. Um, but he's knocked in. Uh, let's see. He's knocked in eight runs, on base percentage of almost point two. So he's getting on base almost every game. But just just a crazy amount of what the heck is happening for DC area baseball teams, and they're they're trying to get some stuff figured out. And now onto the other end of that spectrum. How about the freaking Mariners? They are now at a twenty game home run streak to kick off the season. That is the longest we have ever seen in MLB history. And I just, coming right out of the gate, Drew, we're seeing a home run in 20 straight games. That, to me, is amazing. That's ridiculous. Like, how is that possible? What was the previous record? 
Uh, I do not have it up, but I want to say it was like 15 or 16, if I remember correctly. Right, so they're, they're well right past now. it. They didn't like just beat it. They're continuing to build the record. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm pulling it up right now. But I, it's just, it's absolutely crazy to me that a team comes out that consistent. I mean, no matter who's batting average, no matter who's hitting the home run, as a team, 20 straight games out of the gate. I mean, that's like Kentucky Derby status with horses right now. They're just running down the stretch. Yeah, and they've only lost, like, three games or something, right? I think they've lost five in a row, actually. Oh, well. But, yeah, yeah. it's been a little bit of a slide as of late, but they're still hitting the home runs. That's that's crazy. That's, that's another one of those I would have never bet on anyone doing, but definitely not the Mariners. <laughs> they, they were, they were nowhere near in that. Yeah, I cannot find where I want to... Yeah, I am not seeing who the previous one is off the top of my head, but chat room, go ahead. <laughs> Too bad we are not live right now. It'd be great if a chat room could look that up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, hopefully we'll find that by the end of the show. Regardless, they are at the streak now. I believe they were at the streak at 18 too, so I'm pretty sure it was around that like 16 range. Um, but overall, 20 games. How long do you think they keep it up? They're done by uh, tomorrow. I'm going to say 20. Done by games. tomorrow, so <laughs> Tyler's cabin them at 20. I'm gonna say they're gonna go 24 games. I'll go 23. They're not gonna. Do they play tomorrow? Uh, 20. I'll go 22. Do they play tomorrow? Uh, let's see. Mariners schedule. That one I can look up pretty quickly. Uh, they do tomorrow 10:07 p.m. up against the Los Angeles. Yeah, Indians. they're not gonna. They're not gonna. Um, they're not gonna home run tomorrow. So here you go, Joey. 14 was the previous record okay, to so open 14. a season. That was the 2002 Indians, the 10th American League team to have homered in 20 or more consecutive games at any point since 1908, and they are seven shy of the Major League record of 27 straight games, period. Is that held by the Yankees? It's held by the Rangers, actually, in 2002. Oh, oh that's pretty recent, actually. Mm-hmm. That's not too far off. 2002? Okay. Yeah. That's not recent. I yeah. Well, I mean, compare- that's within like our lifetime, though. I was figuring it was, yeah, some record set back in 1913 or something. That's what I was no thinking, one, too. No, like one, could hit a, no one could hit past 100 feet in 1913. No one was taking steroids. Babe Ruth. 19. <laughs> Except for your Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth was. Except for your Babe Ruth. Yeah, he was, he was bulked up on hot dogs and I beer. I know. He could have hit one every game for 20-something games straight. That wouldn't have surprised but me. But after, after right. 1995, baseball's irrelevant because all they do is take steroids. Oh, my gosh. We need to just have an episode that's just Tyler and John fighting about baseball. Hey, hey yeah, I've, baseball is irrelevant. I've been I've been saying this. I should have my own episode, but no one wants you know no one wants to support me. So, listeners, if you, if you want to, hear I mean, it, you're welcome to go record, and edit, and find a place to publish your own episode. If you want more, <laughs> if you want more Tyler, just put it out there, and there'll be more Tyler. Yeah, let us know. We'll listen. Uh, yeah, please, please us. let us know. Drew and I will sit out a week now, or two here or there if Tyler wants to now take just that. To, now, Tyler's going to make some fake accounts to start tweeting. In less than us. thirty, in less than th- <laughs> in less than thirty seconds, Joey's going to give you the ability to either email us, hit us up on the tweet or uh, Patreon, and that'll just tell us, hey, we need more. Fa- we need more Tyler. So, by all means, I I like his uh his sneaky way of sliding us to the end of the episode. Yeah, no, please, please feel free to ask Tyler to do a solo thing because Drew and I could use a week off. It would be great. Um, with that being said, there is one more important thing I do want to hit on before the end here, uh, and that is the VAR stuff in soccer matches. We've talked about it before. 
but I just want to wrap around because it did come down to the end of a match today. Man City, my team, actually lost. Uh -huh. They scored a goal in the 93rd minute, and it got called back. The regular referees on the field said, hey, it's a goal. VAR called it back and said, not a goal. Personally, I'm for this, uh, even though my team lost, which absolutely why sucks. Wasn't it, wait, wait, why I wasn't it a goal? Was it offsides, more, or was it... It was, like, offsides by a oh, hair. nice. So very, very slightly offsides, and they called it nice. back. Um, so I like it. I, I hate the fact that my team lost. I wish they would have went on. I think they should have went on. At the same point, they're going to have more opportunities. But I love the integrity that this brings toward the end. I like the fact that the real team that should have won went on to win in that sense. So for me, I do like it. There are a lot of people that are outraged about it as well, though, because they feel like it takes it out of the referee's hands and it kind of, in their sense, loses the integrity of what they feel the game should be. So, Tyler, as a referee, what are your thoughts on this again? I know you don't have to go too, too far into this because we talked about it before, but because it's incredibly relevant right now, I'm just interested to hear. Replay is stupid. Uh, it's part of the game. Uh, the referee for soccer is a law. There's a law that says referees, law five. Um, and so that's just part of the game. And, you know, referees make mistakes, but it's, it's at the end of the day, the referee is there to instruct the laws of the game that are going to place fair and safe. Um, and that's for any sport, you know. And so... The referee has has the ability to make mistakes, and that's what you have to live with. So, replay, irrelevant for me. Womp, 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 Drew. Um, I feel like replay is one of those things that has potential to be useful, but it's so subjective that there's not a way to define when it needs to be used compared to when it doesn't need to be used. And my favorite example is from the NCAA tournament this year with, um, I think it was in the championship, the Texas Tech-Virginia game, when the Virginia player knocked the ball out of the Texas Tech player's hand and it went out of bounds. And in every league, that's out of bounds on Virginia. But according to the replay, the ball brushed the Texas Tech's fingertips as the Virginia player knocked it out of his hand. So technically it's out on him, but in the world of basketball, it's not because it's the Virginia player who knocked it out of bounds. And that's one of those cases where replay absolutely should not have been used, but you can't have it in for other reviews and then not use it there. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. It's kind of, so it's I, kinda, I'm, I'm with Tyler. It's kind of ridiculous on the different, call like for bat especially for basketball it's like okay last two minutes we can review anything we want and it's like what no they need to limit it or or they just give it coach's discretion of saying you get a challenge like i will i will agree with review like that can be part of the game like like nfl like challenge like i agree with that the challenge if you want to make that part of the game great var if you want to make that you know a part of the game and say a challenge that's fine that can be part of the game but these random stupid oh a ball went out of bounds on this person and then it went to this person but it didn't go in the goal but it went out you know it's no you need a challenge and just make it part of the game as a law not like a oh you know in case this happens we'll look at the review that's how it should end up in, in the rule book right and I almost feel like soccer you have to take a different approach than every other sport though to be honest just because it's such a fluid game like with basketball, with football, with baseball, you have so much stoppage of play and all those built in. With soccer, really, your only stoppage of play is at halftime if there's a major injury or if there's a goal that's scored. That's well, pretty much all you ball get. Ball goes out of bounds. 
Uh, out of bounds too, but usually you get pretty quick throw-ins on that as well. I yeah. feel like the ball pretty much keeps moving forward, unless it's like a free kicks, I guess, or another yeah. one where there's a little bit of time yeah. spent. Um, but overall, you know what I mean? Like soccer has so many fewer stoppages compared to everything else. So I feel like you almost have to approach it differently. I like the idea of the heat signature being on the goal, but I almost feel, and I'm kind of debating what I said at the beginning here. I feel like offsides, you almost want to leave to the referees in soccer, but I do like the idea of a heat signature being on the goal at least, because we have had balls that don't completely cross over the line that could have been called back in certain situations. I'm all for goals being reviewable if you if you're not sure it went in i think that one makes sense right but, but yeah i'm with you on the offsides and i just watched the video and yeah it was technically offside it was like it is it's definitely offside like like his he's like his front his back his front foot is even with the other guy's back foot kind of thing like he's not significantly offsides right. probably could have just not called that but and the referee didn't so right. that's the crazy part that everyone's outraged about. They either love it because Man City lost mm. or they hate it because they feel like it's destroying the integrity of the game, in their opinion, um, because they're taking decisions out of those referees' hands. So we do got to wrap up, but I just wanted to bring that up at the end because it is an incredibly hot topic right now on the internet. So I'm hoping you guys listen to this. You can catch more of our podcast at CAMB Podcast on Twitter. Feel free to hit us up with messages there. If you want Tyler to do a solo show and record and edit it and post it himself, feel free to hit us up with that on there as well. Uh, you can also email us at CAMB Podcast at otnmedia.org. Last but not least, if you like what we do here on the show and what we do here at OTN, check out our Discord and check out our Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash OTN and discord.me forward slash OTN. Thanks again for listening, guys, and we'll catch you next week. Holla back. Who's ready for Turkey Day? This podcast is part of the Overtime Network. Get more at OvertimeNetwork.com.